Hi, happy release Friday. So happy to have you back for another episode of the Changing the Narrative podcast. Sophie Catherine here. So today's guest, Lonnie, is such a special soul. From the minute I met him, I could just tell that he was a wise old soul with a story to tell. And I was right. (laughs) He ended up sharing a lot of his story with me and then agreed to come on the podcast. Now, Lonnie is 25, but you'd never know it because his soul is so wise. He's such a caring, empathic person. And his story was really, really eye-opening for me in a lot of ways. And I hope that you feel the same. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right, so I'm so excited to have my good friend Lonnie on the podcast today. We met several weeks ago on a trip. I was really inspired by his story, and he agreed to come on the podcast, so we're going to just record an episode, and I'm excited to have a conversation with him today. How are you doing, Lonnie? I'm doing great, Sophia, so thank you for having me on. I'm glad to share some type of, you know, parts of my life. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel like from the minute we started talking, I could just tell that you were an old soul. You told me you were 25 and I didn't believe you because I just felt like you had so much wisdom at such a young age. Yeah. So let's just dive in. Let's just pick a starting point because I feel like just having this conversation, especially with the things that we talked about on a personal level, are going to inspire a lot of people. Yeah, of course. So growing up, I was... um, one of three of siblings. I was middle child. Okay. Um, lived. I um. I'm raised and born from Michigan. Um, yeah. Then we moved around 2008 when the economy fell bad to Arizona. But to give me a little glimpse of my childhood, going from my youth years to my years now. But um, going in my youth years, I was finding myself in my true identity and still, you know, looking through life and not able to find any guidance because being in that age and not aware of what's really going on with because what you're being told it's not yeah. very you know not corresponding with your views but right continuing to move forward though um growing up though I was um gay but no one really knew but myself and the others I chose to tell yeah but it was very hard sometimes because uh when I was 15 that's when I was really diving into my true sexuality and venturing out and um living in Arizona at the time I was going through some issues with my family with my mom and um her um ex-husband now but her husband at the time and there was a lot of disagreements, a lot of just very hostile environment. So I didn't feel safe there. Mm. I didn't feel welcoming and I didn't feel like they supported me. So I just hold in all that, you know, burden onto me. And so I was right. not able to really express myself and be who I really was. And right. it was very heartbreaking because I wanted to like very like go out and be an outgoing person and do the things I really want to do. I had all these ambitions and dreams and things I wanted to accomplish, but it was just things that they were just holding me against because of their own views and wills and things they wanted to do right. in our lives at the time. But you were so raised just, very much in the church too, correct? Like oh, yes. Raised, I was born in the, was like yeah, the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kristen. I am um, still a Christian now, but um, 
growing up, we're heavily in church every Sunday. So we used to uh, go to Bible study Wednesdays. We used to be part of this uh, children um, Sunday school programs, like anything involving church, it was always there. And so yeah. um, being in a religious household, you have those views and things and beliefs that are taught and, you know, taught on oral and um, it's embedded in you almost too, in a sense, in generations. And so um, growing and seeing that as well, I was not able to really tell my truth. And so I always filter hey. out my, you know, accents and the way I feel. And so it used to make me frustrated as well because I'm being taught male and female, this and this and that, you know, yeah. and then how I'm really feeling is not the way they're portraying as to be. And right. so it was so much conflicting information and just so much information that I was just confused about and not, I didn't feel comfortable at all going to like my grandparents, my family members, just because yeah. of what I seen, what they have said and I have witnessed based on things in the past about their sexual beliefs and things like that. And so yeah. that's why they feel really, you know, like I felt comfortable as in a sense to come to them. Right. But um, when I made um, the decision to move from Arizona, it was kind of like a uh, bad situation. I ran away from home. Okay. And um, I got in like in a bad altercation, not an altercation, but like a burglable argument with my um, mom and her husband at the time. And um, I wrote a note and uh, I had a, a candid conversation with my sister to let her know how I feel and if she wanted to go with me she can but I'm gonna let her make that decision on her own yeah um, I like people to make their own decision I don't want to force anybody into a com uncomfortable situation because right. I've been brought on to uncomfortable situations a lot and it's not fun you know no and so I wanted her to make her own choices but I told her I'll always be there with her so don't ever feel like I'm not there and so right. I wrote her note my uh, mom and I left my keys that I don't need it and so my grandma picked me up she lived about an hour away from my mom but I told her my grandma at the time like don't tell my mom I'm with you because she's gonna like come get me and right she's gonna make 10 10, 10 the worst the situation worse 10 times worse right and um my grandma uh, was just very in like in a sticky situation because right. she just wanted to tell her daughter that I have your son he's safe but then again for my own well-being too she sees in the situation that she put her kids in they she sees what we're dealing with and mm -hmm. what we're going through and so she she didn't say anything and I really respect my and love my grandma for that and I know they took a lot out of her because you know, being a mother, and my mom tells me all the time, when you have kids, your kids are your life, you know, and so right. you make decisions to do things, and love is love, and that's like one of the strongest drugs out there. Right, love. but I think like having that safe space with your grandmother was probably really foundational for you, because oh, definitely, you know, she was also keeping that like, I think it's really important when you have family members that like respect your like decision to keep things private or keep secrets for you, like being like that stand-up person there's definitely been situations in my life where I've had family members be like I can't have you tell this person or you can't say anything being a vault for somebody and being that safe space allows you to kind of move freely into the next mm -hmm. portion of your life which I feel like that kind of was what helped you kind of move into the next portion of your life yeah yeah it did yeah and um 
when um, my grandma, you know, took me with her, I made contact with my father. And me and my father, we we had always had a great relationship. And my yeah. family, me and my mom always had a great relationship. It was just when she met her husband with things, you know, took a cross in. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, going to um, Michigan, though. So my dad brought me a ticket. I had to wait two more extra days. But going through security and everything was kind of like... You know, <laughs> like a scary moment for me because yeah. I thought I was going to get arrested because my mom put, you know, a report out for uh, a runaway. And I think I was in the system. And I was How old like, are you again? You were 17, right? I was 16 at the time. Oh, 16. Okay. Yeah. That's really young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was just very like scared, but at that time I took like a thousand flights because my mom used to send us to California. We, the, I mean, California, back to the East Coast, back to the West Coast, doing the yeah. summer breaks, Easter breaks. Anytime we have any duration off from school, she used to send it off to our grandparents yeah. and family. So I always was on the plane. So I was never scared or nervous. And so I was just more nervous on the part of getting caught and going back to. Right. Um, and it's, and so. But like, I feel like you kind of even knew inwardly, like that was not a safe space for you. That was not a healthy space. So I think intuitively mm-hmm. you knew, even at 16, that your father that household was going to be a better place for you to develop mentally and to lead life. Absolutely. Because at that time though, I thought I wasn't strong enough to do that on my own because I always thought I always had to be there for my brother and sister. I always, you know, didn't think they always depended on me, but I always thought we were a unit. You know, we had a great relationship. I didn't want to leave them. And I felt like I was not doing my job as a brother when I made that decision and, and I thought I was being selfish of me leaving out that yeah. environment. And it was, it was the best decision I made on Absolutely. my part and on their part as well, because going down the road, I'll tell you further why I think that was the best decision on both our yeah. parts. But um, when I moved to Michigan, well, when my dad got me to Michigan, um, the first week or two was kind of like, It was not uncomfortable, but it was just more sense of I can breathe, but still, I was still harboring all those feelings and distractions still back from Arizona because I still ran away from those problems. And dang, I, I was doing so good. I'm so you sorry. Are. No, keep going. But you know, it's like, I think it's that, like that quote we say, wherever you go, there you are. So even though you had left those problems, you know, behind, you were still going to have those issues come up because that's that's part of the process of figuring out who you are. Absolutely. Um, when I moved to Michigan, the first couple of the weeks when I was there, the transitioning was a breathing point because I understood that I'm really, really doing this on my own. Right. Starting from the age of five going to 16, I made decisions on my own because the reason why I did it on my own because I had nobody to go to. In the right. sense. I had family members, I had my mom, I had a great support system, but they didn't know who I was, truly was. And so when yeah. I made that decision of me moving in that left side of that environment back to a, a better place, not a safer place, but a better place that I can be who I want to be and yeah. feel like in a great environment, I think that would be a better decision than Michigan. So when I moved there, the first couple of the weeks was just a a breath of fresh air, but I was still dealing with this situation back home in Arizona. And um, going back and forth with my mom several times. Okay, so moving forward, but when I was um, in Michigan, 
during that trial period with my father and my mom trying to get me back to Arizona, uh, we had uh, several conversations, but the first con- first several conversations went uh, like talking to a wall. I was just listening um, to her. Yeah. Uh, she did uh, receive a couple words from me, but the words was just very blunt, just very just, just getting it out there it wasn't really for me to like to keep the conversation going because right. I wasn't very in a um a good spirit mood to be involved in a conversation with her because uh, I was still hurting and I was still upset yeah because that was like a two-year process of just drainage and hurt and just lies and just not being valued for my mom and it was just storing our family and I wanted her to like see what she has done you lost your relationship with your mother you lost the relationship with your child your oldest like you're kicking him out the house and it was just so much going on and she's losing her kids I wanted her to like step back and realize like hey you have to like regain your focus and align your life with yourself because you say that you love your kids, you would do anything for them. But look, we're all separated right now. Right. We're hurting. Like, and so at that point, a week later, I was still hurting and I just mustered up the courage and called her and let her know, hey, mom, I'm just gonna let you know I'm gay. Yep. I like guys and she said to me and I just couldn't fathom it but you know everybody's response is different so I can't be mad um she said that um you know God doesn't like that right yeah and um I hear that all the time when people respond is like got this got that got this what was going through your mind when she said that I was kind of expecting it though. I yeah. was expecting I was expecting the worst. Like it is just me with my expectations in life. Um I do get a little bit of wow factor still in life, but nothing really still surprises me nowadays. But I was just expecting the worst. And so when she said that, it was kind of a lobo, but just hearing it from my words of my mom, it's it hurts. Yeah. Just hearing from the loved one, you know. And um it's just words that you still carry on to the day, even though, you know, I forgave her and um, I don't think about it as much, but I still have that in the back of my mind. Absolutely. It's just so hard. I think it shows a lot of bravery on your part to share that truth, but it's also mm-hmm. so hard because to not be loved for who you are authentically or to be accepted for who you are authentically, I feel like is the biggest betrayal. Like when you can't it live is. out your truth, and your authenticity, the way that you feel, like you coming forward and saying that, even though it was hard with her response, I'm sure there was like this huge weight that was lifted off of you for speaking your it truth. It was, definitely was. Yeah. It was definitely a, a, a heavy weight because you still think about if you're harboring who your true identity is, you always think about that. You think about going to sleep. You think about when you're around them, you know, you think about when you're with your significant other, you you can't really share them off with your family or friends because you're harboring your own identity. And so you're always gonna have that. And so me telling my mom, it was just 
a breath of fresh air as well, because even though I was in a bad space at that time, in a, just a bad overall, not a, I want to say an environment, because I was in Michigan at the time, but, and at the time too, my family in Michigan didn't know as well, but um, I just wanted to get that off my chest, but it did give me reinsurance, like everything is going to be okay, like yeah. life is not over, you're still alive, so right. I'm just like, okay, one nail off the coffin, let's just right. tell my dad, and that's it, because my plan was in life is, oh yeah, let me bring it back to full circle again. <laughs> I don't like the term coming off the closet. I don't believe. Yes, let's talk about that, it, because I think this is so important, <laughs> because you and I have nine years between us. You're 25, I'm 34, and when I was younger, coming out of the closet was the term. And I loved talking to you because you were like, I don't like that term. And I'm like, well, let's dissect it. Let's dive in because I just want to hear that from a younger generation. Like explain that to me because us old millennials need to know what's up. Like we need to understand a different viewpoint on how it's phrased. Because when I was younger, that was just what I heard. But I loved yeah. hearing your point on that. So let's talk about that. So yeah, I guess I'm like part of like the Gen Z kind of millennium, the 1998 era. So I fall between both type of eras and I see both sides. And so growing in your era, you were saying, you know, you only see gay and straight, you know. And right. that's how it was growing up to the early 2000s. And then in 2005, you know, things started to come more across with other, you know, identifications. And so... um when I was being raised up and seeing people getting talked about, they used the word, the F word, you know, the fact, and then they used mm -hmm. coming out the closet. And I think those terminologies that were just very uh, disheartening. It's just, yeah. it was shedding light at a, at a cause that was not being uplifted in a sense. Right. I feel and like I, you were just putting shade towards that. And you also said just something putting too, it down. Right. Along the lines of why do I have to come out? Like if that's Absolutely. who I am, why do I have to make this big announcement? No, like, I, I love it's like, weird. Like, I know. You know how you, it's weird to me because I think I see both sides to it too. Some people feel it's a new life beginning. Yeah. It's a new it's a new fresh start for them. And I get right. that. And I love that for them. Yeah. And then some people as like myself, I see it as just your identity is your true self. Why should I come to you? Like, Hey, I like guys, you're not going to come to me. Like you right. like the color purple. You like the color <laughs> yellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like, why is it such a, why is it such a, such a big thing? It's because people want to bring down people in that moment. Like yeah. when you come out, when you come out the closet and they try to put down people and I don't yeah. like that I don't and either. um what other things I don't like either was when other people get too comfortable not knowing the person asking them about their sexual preference of right. the position and then sometimes when people like me identifies myself as he and him sometimes yeah. females or males will come just because I'm gay girl this girl that she her hair doesn't offend me, but I just think it's a time and a place. Sometimes it'd be in right. the work environment. Sometimes I'd be around people in a professional setting. And I just think it's a time and a place. And it's not right. It's it's common too. And I don't it definitely is. I don't it's almost like it, a forced intimacy. Like we're not on yes. that level yet. You know, like don't be jumping ahead. But I think it is cultural, especially in the gay community, 
to just be like, girl, what? Yes. You know, like, you know, call you bitch or call you this or call you that. Like, mm-hmm. and I've been guilty of that. Like I have definitely done that with my gay guy friends and like, it's just come, become a norm, but like hearing your perspective on it has been so refreshing because these are just things I don't necessarily think about, you know what I mean? But hearing you, yeah. your perspective, then that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about bringing people together from different avenues, different belief systems, different backgrounds, so we can learn without judgment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I love what I do as far as in work is I come across so many different paths of people. They teach me so much different things about their culture and yeah. things I didn't know and wasn't aware on. And so I just think that's such a great thing that we're able to communicate and just talk it out and not get mad or frustrated, you know, like yeah. it's a learning opportunity. And so and um going back to the taboo of coming out yeah um pride pride you know what I felt about pride too at first (laughs) why is it being such a showcase of thing like (laughs) what's good I love it yeah and I I I, um I was taught uh, why it's there and why are we celebrating it and I think it's a great thing you won't catch me ringing rainbows all the time but I will go out support and be there marching with my little parade outfit on but yes I'm not the type of person to be flashy flashy right when I did came out my mom also told me as well and which I didn't like as well that uh you're not gonna dress up as a girl and what I took back as that too is she doesn't want and she didn't say this to me but I that's what I took from it her image is gonna go down or fail, I think, because it was more about how it would make her look, not about what she wanted. I never knew that until I, um, about like three or four years later until she said that statement, because I'm like, why would that even affect you? Even though that wasn't even on my mind, right? but still, that's still not okay. You cannot put limits or, you can't just put, it's so many things I disagree with too, when you do, tell your family members and families and things like that because sometimes they'd be like hey you can't come around with a certain individual around my kids or you can't do this or wear that around them or you can't do this or say that and I get it listen I get it I understand Mm -hmm. it and I respect it because there's things I don't want my kids if I had kids won't be you know watching on tv listening to I get that yeah but I think people pick and choose in certain situations. And you know, even and I think it's one of those situations they pick and choose. Yeah. Like even in my family system and the culture I was raised in, if you've listened to my podcast, my older sister wouldn't let me come around when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder because I was bipolar and she didn't trust me around her kids. So it can happen in any demographic. It can happen. But to me, it's a lot of it is that religious organization, like that belief Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great things about church. There's a lot of great beliefs about God and all of that. But when you get down Mm -hmm. to like the judgment and how people get marginalized, they get like ostracized from community because they're Mm -hmm. different. That is when it becomes a problem for me. You know, it God is love. Right. If that's what we believe about God. So everyone should be accepted. There should be no Mm -hmm. exclusion of anybody. And that's why I think these conversations are so important because we're talking about things that maybe people don't want to, or like maybe us having this conversation frees up someone to share their experience as well, because that's why we're here. You know, we're here to learn, but like that judgment and that legalism and that control that needs to go. 
And I think by these conversations, we're breaking it down little by little. <laughs> Absolutely, because I'm telling you, 15 years ago, I would never in my life thought I would be doing this podcast. I would never <laughs> thought I'd be able to yeah. tell my mom and dad I like guys. I, yeah. I would never thought I'd be able to live my truth just because how much fear they put into me, how much things I've seen and witnessed and just the things that people talked about and words right. hurt, okay? And I was a very sensitive person growing up. Well, you are. You I are like very the softest, sensitive. but you are, you are <laughs> such a soft soul. You are. You are. I am. You're a very kind, empathic person. And you care about people. You know, you care about mm-hmm. how I things do. affect, you know? So like, obviously those words are going to like be like daggers in your heart, you know? Yeah. But you turned it around and you showed bravery and courage. And also, like, I know you're into, like, you're like an aspiring actor. Like, you've been in commercials. Yes. You've been on some I TV shows. So that's, like, that. my big thing. <laughs> so when I was younger, I always had the little ambitions to dance and as well act. I always had that urge. I had it in my my blood. I always had that passion in me. It was always just driven and enlisted in me. And yeah. so um, I took that creativity back when I was back in high school. I was acting and doing like plays. I was doing small things about around my community. And then I was in my church programs. And then I was begging my mom and my family to like put me in acting and acting classes and then when you're like doing this stuff these people are like hunting for money like these modding agencies these scouting scouting agencies so it was not very uh lucrative at the time for me because they were asking for this so much of this money and um, of course at the time we didn't have all that money they were only like five thousand dollars to do all these things get your headshots and put you there and send you out and at the time we didn't have the funds for it. And so it was very discouraging. Like I was trying to get like my face out there or do something like anything. Right. Like I just want to see myself on TV. Um, then I turned 17 and then um, I started to dance at 16 actually. So I started to dance with the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a couple of halftime shows, a couple commercials with them. We did events with them and I did that about for two years. And then um, I did other things in the dance community as a part of different dance studios and did dance competitions. Then um, I started to dive into more acting at the age of 18. That's when I uh, looked on Facebook and did things in the community. And um, I found several listings and casting uh, sites. And I was able to do a couple bookings. So yes, I was part of the Quicken Loans commercial, the Rocketeers Emergence commercial. And then um, I was a part of a couple of seasons with the shy. So that was a great opportunity, the great thing to do. And just to do that and just to see my face out there, it was such yeah. a drive. And um, I'm gonna get there, you know. You totally so will. It's a good thing. So you're 25. What What does the next five years look like for you? Like when you look into your future, what are you like seeing for yourself? Where the is Lonnie going? Well, my next five-year goal plan is to buy a house within Chicago. I really want to move to Chicago. It's a great field for acting and in the entertainment industry um, to get, you know, my starting fields out there. And then what I also want to do is I'm going to get in part of a nonprofit organization with like any animals. I love animals. 
And there's so many animals in Detroit right now that are homeless and on the street. And it just breaks my heart to see them on the street. Yeah. So I want to do that. Something part of my community, as far as in like spreading dog food, finding them, you know, housing at the end of the night. Because the wintertime is a really brutal in Michigan. Yeah, it's so and I just feel so bad knowing that cats and dogs and any type of animals um, are out there. And so just yeah. to bring any type of, you know, things back into that, I hope to see myself doing that within the next five years. But mainly getting into more into acting. And I want to travel more. I um, travel a lot now, but I want to travel more internationally. Yeah. More leisure time internationally. Uh, I want to see different cultures uh, more. Um, and then as well, I want to divest into, this might sound a little weird, but I want to divest into like cryptocurrency. Okay. Like All right. And if you learn stocks. it, you need to teach me because I have no idea how to even. <laughs> That's my goal. Listen, yeah. I'd be seeing all these videos and it's very uh, uplifting. <laughs> now you say you're still a Christian. So I'm curious as to how that plays out in your life today. How does faith yes. apply today, especially with everything that you went through? You know, the, the judgment you felt from your mom coming out, you know, the things that you went through, like, how does that connect to your life these days? Yeah, of course. Um, I think everyone has their own real, true relationship with God or whoever they, you know, they look up to or yeah. so be it. Um, and my beliefs with Christianity is that um, my God loves everyone. Yeah. And um, the Bible is written by a man, <laughs> rewritten by a man passed down and rewritten a thousand times and more and revised it's, edited <laughs> it's so many people on this earth listen yeah. with so many different views somebody yeah. can say this is yellow okay and I'm looking <laughs> right at it and so I just think when you have your own beliefs in your own system and it works for you and you have that own connection then I feel like that's a positivity in that own light right there because you shouldn't you shouldn't think that someone is writing this whole, I didn't want to say it's a Bible at this point, but it is a Bible, a, bu yeah. a book. And you have to follow it from front and end and do all these things to the right extent. If you don't follow them, you'll be, you know, diminished or just like this and this and that. And in so many worlds that they say we have to follow and be this perfect person and no one's perfect in this world no, I'm not I, perfect you're not perfect no one's perfect and I think it comes down to there's no way to live our life in absolutes no there's and, no way because it takes faith to believe in something you can't see just like it takes faith to believe all of it you know and so to kind of limit it to these specific men's perception it makes sense like our faith is so personal. It's such a personal journey. And yeah, it's a, it's a personal journey. Yeah. And that's why I have, like, me and my God, we have a, such a great connection, great bond, and we talk, you know, every day, and I think it's a great thing for me, and I don't necessarily go to church every Sunday or involved in the church as much as now. Yeah. Um, because... I'm not saying all churches, but churches can be very political. Mm -hmm. it can be very castering and when I say castrating it's just like when you walk in it's just judgment on you yeah. already 
Like yeah. I can't even open my mouth, and it's just judgment already on me. Right. Just, like look at him or look You're at sizing she, you why up. she's wearing mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, what time he coming in? Look at him wearing those shoes. It's like judgment, 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 judgment. Like, can right. we please stop? And that's yeah. why it wasn't a very enjoyable no more. It was just like always yeah. something you can smile in my face the next minute I'm hearing from Terry Joe. You didn't like what would I wear? It's just like it was so crazy to me. And I'm saying yeah. it's not my church, but I've seen it, I've been to them, witnessed it. And um I just the think fact, me though, having you, my own thing. Yeah. I feel like the fact that you still have your faith and you have this personal relationship with God, higher power after all of that says a lot about you and who you are and your spirituality. And I really respect you for that because it's so hard to come out of church when you have had negative experiences and still hold on to the faith and you have, and that's, that's really, it's really nice to see, honestly. Um, yeah. We're going to start wrapping things up here, Lonnie, but this has been so great to have this conversation oh with you. It's been really good. This conversation has been well. I know. Um, So I like to end my episode with two questions, if you remember. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite quote? Okay. Well, I have a new one. Okay. Let's hear your favorite quote. When you write the story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen. I love that. That's fantastic. And if you could go back and change one thing, would you? And what would that one thing be? Yes. I will go back in time and tell my younger self to just live in your true identity, live happy, and take dance classes when you're younger. Like, tell your mom, get into dancing. You don't care about <laughs> the sports. Like, I wish I would have just been more just vibrant and more yeah. Just- just embracing yourself me. authentically. Yes. yes. Just yeah. more me. Yep. Yeah. Lonnie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It means so much that you shared your vulnerability and your bravery with me. It's just been such a great conversation. As always, it's just been such a pleasure. Absolutely. What can I end with this? Yeah. Three words to describe myself. <laughs> I'm outgoing. I'm yes. very friendly. I feel like I'm sociable. I'm animated. And when I feel like when I'm animated, I can be with my life full of life. I'm very, you know, excited at times and my expressions and my last thing I want to end with, I feel that I am versatile. So I'm Mm -hmm. able to adapt in different, you know, situations. I'm always on the go and um, different functions, you know, different activities I'm in. I'm able to just adapt into the, in that scenery. I love that. And so that's great. I think those three things, you know, very solidify who I am as a person in my life do. right now. Especially the person. I've again, Sophia, thank you for having <laughs> me on your podcast. You guys, make sure you please go follow her. Check out her social media, TikTok, <laughs> what else we have? Um, Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. Instagram. I'm on iHeartRadio now. You can also find me on Apple Podcasts. You guys, Sophia is amazing. And you guys, <laughs> if you guys want to share a story or just want to go talk to her her dms her messages are open to have that open discussion you guys so don't be afraid she's a very great person very candid person too very just outgoing and she's soothing and she's very connectable so you guys please don't be afraid no you are sophia and i really thank you you. i love you too baby thank you so much for coming on the podcast take care okay you too Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Change in the Narrative podcast. 
as you can see, Lonnie is such a caring, sweet individual. Having that conversation really taught me a lot of new things. I think whenever we go into a conversation with someone, it's so important to keep an open mind because the goal is to walk away changed. The goal is to walk away with a new perspective. And I totally did. And I hope that you did as well by listening to this episode. As always, wherever you listen, if you wouldn't mind giving me a five-star rating in the app and giving me a written review, really does help me to reach more people with the podcast and the work that I'm doing. Also, feel free to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you stream so you'll get updates on new episodes whenever I release them. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at changingthenarrative underscore podcast. And also you can find me on TikTok at changingthenarrative underscore 111. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. It really does mean a lot to me that you've taken the time out of your day to spend some time with a conversation, to hear a new side of things, and to open your mind to a new way of thinking. It really does mean a lot. I hope you go out and have a fantastic weekend and I'll meet you right back here next Friday for a new episode.